and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by Inform Millennial and Gen Xer Types. From a left-wing perspective, it is Saturday, January 27th, 2018. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Plenty to talk about uh, this morning. Um, where to start? Yeah, where do you want to start? Well, let's start with the Hillary Clinton news, because apparently, according to the press and Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton will always be running for president. Yeah. Because it's it's just so generates so many clicks. <laughs> like our dads, there's something negative about Hillary Clinton, and they just they, they click so hard that like the button like damages their keyboard, and yes. they turn red and start shaking. And, oh, yes. what did she oh do my God. now? <laughs> well, she did do something. Now we're going to criticize. Yeah, and um, it's important. It's not as important as the media is making it out to be, of course, but it is important, yeah. and it is worth mentioning. Uh, this broke in the New York Times, which has its own set of big, big problems I'll get into shortly. Okay. Um, especially the, <laughs> the way that they are <laughs> just so morally outraged at uh, Hillary Clinton for this when yes. they have the same in their midst and didn't do anything about it. Yeah. But um, so, okay, I, I, will, I will put this in a nutshell the best I can. Back in the 2008 campaign, not the most recent campaign. Oh, okay. The 2008 campaign, she had this guy who was her, quote, spiritual advisor. And I don't remember his name, and it's not really important because he's not a big, famous, influential guy. She's just a guy who, who this, I guess, a Methodist dude who was her, quote, spiritual advisor yeah. on the campaign. Bald, gross, old white guy. So it was one of those, right? Mm-hmm. And there was some, I think it was an intern, a young lady intern, who he was harassing. Right. On Do, the campaign. On the campaign. Yes. Doing the things campaign like staffer. rubbing her shoulders and kissing her on the forehead and sending her flirty emails. And she was just like... Gross. No, she reported it as yeah. she should have. Uh-huh. Uh, people did listen and did react. And in fact, it was her, I believe it was her campaign manager or somebody high up in the campaign. And I don't remember the name. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have all the names, but it, that's sort of not important to me. Right. Because who cares? Right. Uh, said, let's fire that. We should really fire this guy. Yeah. And apparently, according to the story, Hillary Clinton herself said, no, I don't want to fire him. Let's cut his pay. Let's send him to counseling and let's make sure him and her don't have to interact anymore. Right. And in the view of many, that is not nearly enough. And we agree. I agree. Yes. He should have been fired. Yes. Immediately. Yes. And she didn't do that. No. And I don't care that it wasn't yet the Me Too time and whatever. And and I know both Clinton and Obama said things on the campaign trail and had positions that make progressives cringe right now. Yeah. That doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about them. Right. So, right. and, and so this is one of those things that like on the one hand, I, I do want to play sort of devil's advocate and say, we've heard so many of these stories where literally nothing happens. Yeah. And at least like the campaign did address it. They didn't fire the staffer. Right. They didn't ignore it. No. They didn't tell they her didn't she tell was her making she it was up. They didn't tell her she was crazy or she was making they it up. took action to make sure that that behavior stopped, but not enough. No. <clears throat> not by a long shot. No. No, of and course not. What I was saying yesterday was um, if a lot of these women are to be believed, which is something that I think they should be, uh, Hillary Clinton does have sort of a history of covering up the sexual misconduct of men in her life. Yes. And that's a problematic thing about Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, and okay. Yeah, and we're not going to go on a Hillary bashing fest. We like Hillary Clinton. Yes. We wish she would have been president. Yes. We very strongly supported her once she won the nomination. Yes. You should know all that now if you listen to it at all. But again, she's not perfect. And again, this goes back to if you're a true liberal and a progressive, you're not a sycophant. 
Right. And people are fallible. Yes. And politicians are fallible. Yes. And the people, the politicians we choose to support and try to help win are not fallible. Right. And they're they're going to be, they're going to, they're humans. They're human beings. Now that does not excuse the fact that she pushed back and said, well, I don't want to fire this person. That's not okay. It's not good. Um, mm-hmm. It's problematic. And I would like to see her address it. Yeah. I would like to see her come out now and say, hey, you know what? I was wrong and I apologize. And you're right. I should have fired him. Well, unfortunately, but, apparently her first reaction has just kind of been like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It was eight years ago, right. 10 years ago. Right. So that's disappointing. But yep. there's more important things happening right now. And I, and I think she does this sometimes. Like her, her initial reaction is to play very safe and coy yeah. and just hope it goes away. Yeah. And then when it doesn't, she says what needs to be said. Because right. at the end of the day, she is a politician. Yes, <laughs> very matter, much so. No matter how much you like Hillary Clinton, she's a politician. Yes. And Barack Obama is a politician. Yes. He, he plays it much less so to come across as not such a politician. Right. Whereas she really comes off as a politician sometimes. Yep. Let's face it. Uh, but again, when the when the leaders that we admire or that we choose to support do things that are contrary to what we feel is right, we do have a duty to speak up. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean we go to the opposite like our other progressive friends and throw up our hands. And, oh, it all sucks. Burn it all down. Let the fascists rule. Who cares? Yes. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Anarchy. Like, and I'd like to point out that Hillary Clinton took not enough action to protect her staffer. Mm-hmm. And the person who won the presidency <laughs> is a rapist. Yeah, yeah. He's in, He himself personally... Has raped people. Yeah. So let's not draw false equivalencies here. Yeah, those are just the few we know of, too. Yeah. Yeah. So she did not take enough action to punish a man who was being gross, and he is literally a rapist. Yeah. So it's not the same thing. Now I want to talk about the New York Times for a minute. Okay. And I know I'm lately I'm always on a rampage <laughs> about them, but it's funny. they All their reporters have this bat signal whenever they get any <laughs> criticism, and they all run to Twitter <laughs> to defend each other, which is, I guess it's it's very sweet you know, that they do that. <laughs> but it, it, here's the thing, right? Uh, Armando and some other people were very quick to criticize, like the New York Times broke it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's a story that should be reported on. Yeah. And, it's newsworthy. But the, sort of the attitude they kind of took in reporting it was, oh, this is... She uh, she allowed this harasser to remain in the campaign after the harassment. And, oh, isn't that? And it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. back up, New York Times. There's a guy still on your payroll named Glenn Thrush. Yeah. Who did a hell of a lot more than this and basically got off scot-free. Yeah. So and then they, they ran when when we pointed that out, people like me and Armando and a bunch of other people, they were Oh, I, so now because of that, you're saying it shouldn't be reported on, and no. Hillary shouldn't. Be, and we're saying no, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. No, we're saying stand by the courage of your own fucking convictions. Yes. If you think that she should have fired him, and you are morally outraged by the fact that she did <laughs> not fire him, yeah. And you're gonna write breathlessly piece after piece after piece about what a garbage person she is because she did not fire this man, mm-hmm. then fucking fire Glenn Thrush. Yeah. Stand by it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, that's what we're saying. Report what needs to be reported, but don't... The hypocrisy is astonishing. It is. It, it, the arrogance and the hypocrisy, it's its fairly mind-boggling. And the straw man arguments they run back with, like, oh, so we just shouldn't report on this now. And like, nobody's saying that. No. Report... No. Or, you're a fucking newspaper. Report the news. <laughs> 
But don't have ten op-ed pieces about how she's a garbage person when you have this man still on your payroll that you're still is a, still a reporter for you. Yeah, and that's what we're trying Period. to point out is that you have abdicated the moral authority to take that stance mm-hmm. by doing what you did. Don't you see that? And they they won't even acknowledge that. That what we're they won't even acknowledge what we're saying. Right. They all just Nick Confessori and Maggie Haberman, and they all just run to Twitter. And, you know, it's how dare you tell us not to report. This is important news. And it's just like, you know what? We're so on to you guys by now. Yeah. It's 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 really yeah. lame. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So uh, fuck them. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I'm sorry. The New York Times still breaks good, important news from time to time. Yep. But like the, the whole sort of editorial makeup and from the top, the direction they've gone is just gross. It is. It's very disappointing. It's Trump apologism and just. Normalization, normalization, and mm-hmm. constant Hillary bashing, and not taking account of their own—it's—it's it's yep. become a joke. Yeah, which and is really sad. upsetting because yeah. the New York Times is an institution in this country and used to be a paper that I had great admiration and respect for. Yeah, um, and I don't at this moment. So that, and, and I will tell you this—that's my rant about the New York Times. It, it, my beef with them is less important than the story. Yes. I will grant you that. Yeah. So again, uh, we're going to drop this now because what more really is to be said, Hillary Clinton should come out and apologize and acknowledge she was wrong and say all yes. the things she needs to say. She hasn't done that yet. She probably eventually will because, again, that's how she operates. She dips her toe in the water and sees if things will go away. Yeah. And then when they don't, she, uh, that's one thing she kind of never learned is how to put a fire out correctly. Yeah. yeah. Politically. And that has yeah. hurt her. Over it the has. Years. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it has. It has hurt her. And also, <clears throat> she. We also have to remember that uh, she's in a unique position. That even if she was really good at putting out fires, nobody ever lets her. <laughs> right. She can't live anything down ever. So, but yeah, but my point is, she, she makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, I agree. she plays into that. She does. She makes it worse, and I get like it's it's a weird like self perpetuating monster because she knows she's going to get criticized, and that no matter what she says nobody cares it's always going to be she's a garbage person so she kind of just doesn't say anything because she's trying to avoid it I think and Mm -hmm. then that makes it worse and then it prolongs it and then she really doesn't want to get into it because she's just so fucking sick of hearing about it and then that makes it worse and then she finally does say something yeah but now it's like well why'd you wait so long it's just it's just not you know you know what it is she she has misunderstood the very nature of her own existence and how it affects people. And it can be anything Yeah. because when the whole server thing broke, she could have got out in front of it and minimized the damage to some extent, I do believe, but she tried to put a shroud on it and wait for it to go away because she probably thought rightfully in a way, this is really no big deal. Right. Everyone else did this. Why is this now a thing? Let's just, let's just keep it quiet and and let's not let them, because, you know, they will spin whatever facts they actually find. So let's just keep it quiet and wait for it to go away. And by her doing that, she made it much worse. Yeah. And and part of that, again, is her undervaluing the fact that if there's a story and Hillary Clinton's name is attached to it, no matter how trivial or bullshit or yes. whatever it is, it's going to be a huge story. And then when she's very sort of actively trying to tamp it down and yeah. push it away or being that becomes mealy a story. enough about it, that becomes a story yep. and it feeds into this narrative of yes. she's sneaky. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Hillary Clinton, in my opinion, has, has done a poor job of self-actualization of <laughs> just what a lightning rod she is. It's a yeah. blessing and a curse. Yeah. And, you know, she, I don't never she full, never fully embraced and understood the curse part of it. I think right. I agree. I mean, even the Benghazi thing, you know, yeah. her first couple of times talking about it before Congress, she literally said, like, what does that matter? 
about these, you know, trivial notes, these little, you know, little things that they were like, well, what about this? This seems, this seems, you know, fishy. And what about this? And she was like, why does any of that matter? Yeah, why didn't and then you that answer became, your phone within 10 minutes or That whatever. became the story that she thinks Benghazi doesn't matter, right. which is not what she said, but you know, and but then finally saw, she saw that happen, testified yeah. for 13 hours and said everything she needed to say. And by that point it wasn't enough because there had been news stories about it for two, three, four years. It, it wasn't salivating. Enough, it, it wasn't enough for the angry right, but I think the majority of the country who tuned in yeah. was kind of like, oh, okay, this was all dumb witch hunt. Whatever, yes. we can move on. But right. then the server thing popped up. Right. It's yep. like it never ends, mm-hmm. and she never quite understood that. But that's not. We'll move on from that because because yeah. Hillary's done. She's not running. Reminder: for president She's not anymore. the president. She's so. not, and she's never running again. No. No. I do want to talk about this ridiculous news. Of who is talking about running? Oh, John Kerry. <laughs> John Kerry, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. Can we not? Can we please not? All of yeah. you had your fucking shot. You did not win. I'm done. I'm done with you old white men. I'm done. Right. The, the corpse John Kerry of- is a terrible fucking candidate. We know that. He lost to George W. Bush because he's a terrible fucking candidate. Yeah, he's a good guy and a good statesman. And he, yeah. he was a fine secretary of state. And He's a terrible candidate. Yeah. And we don't, I, there's zero reason for the Democratic Party to put up anyone who's run for president prior to now. I agree. But John Kerry will not raise any money and he will no. not get any support and it'll last a week. Uh, you know. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that these are the three men that have said, yeah, well, I think it's great. I mean. Oh, and Oprah's not running either. <laughs> no, of course she's not. For oh, fuck's sake. media is so disappointed in Oh that. my God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but no, it, it's embarrassing that this is who... The, the sort of these are all great guys, right? Mm-hmm. I like them. I like all three of them. Um, we do not need to be rehashing presidential camp- campaigns of the past. We don't need to do it. It's, there's no reason for it. Yeah, we have so much energy and life, and so many really great candidates in the Democratic Party right now that are young and full of life and ethnically and gender diverse that we do not need a bunch of old white dudes. Well, this no more, you know, what's going to happen. What's going to happen to us is what's going to, what the happened with the Republicans in 2016, where so many people saw an opening because Mm -hmm. Obama was so unpopular within their base that they saw an opening. And so you had a clown car of 22, 23. I think the same thing's going to happen on the Democratic side. I do too. I think Warren could be in there. Warren, Booker, Booker, Kamala Harris, Harris, Mm -hmm. which could be a blessing or a curse. Kirsten Gillibrand, I think. Uh, Gillibrand, I think, is going to be in there. And then all the old farts will be in there. And Mm -hmm. then obscure people. I would like to see one of the Castro brothers. I would too. From Texas. Very much so. Now, they're ahead of their time. They may not really be fully ready to do it. Yeah. But they're charismatic and they're young and they have support of young people. I lived in San Antonio. They're extraordinarily popular. Yeah. And they get kids who are not politically involved to be mm -hmm. politically interested. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the, you know, I think the Bernie people would call them establishment hacks. They've been very close to the DNC, but you know, they might get over that to some extent. (laughs) Well, if if Bernie runs, I'm very afraid Bernie will just burn it all down again. If he doesn't, I swear to God, that man cannot run for president. He's running. He can't, I can't take it. I can't stand it. I will not. I can't. Well, here's my, here's the problem with Kennedy will run too. He's already, I mean. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, that'll Obviously. be interesting. He's got mm-hmm. the name. But Bernie will run, and I think a lot of people will start to realize he's a one-note yeah. guy. Yeah. And, and against anybody that's not Hillary? Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And well, I mean, he can call them all establishment hacks or whoever the other front runner emerges as maybe it's Biden or whoever. But another, another problem with Bernie is and he still doesn't get it and his supporters still don't get it or they don't care. He's even ramped up the whole get away from identity politics thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to win the black voters in South Carolina? No. And New York? No. And all, all the places he needs? No. No. I, I don't get it. Like, no. What, what's the plan here other to burn everything down? Because it's not it, it's not a winning strategy. No. He thinks he's going to get so many crossover independents and Republicans in the few places where there are still open primaries and caucuses, which is what if people, people have been fighting for yes. to get them all opened up yep. so that all these crossover voters can come in so that he can win the nomination. Why do, th- this is the thing that's so maddening to me. If just register as a Democrat, if you want to vote in the primary, just register. It's it's free. It's easy. Yeah. And then you can still vote for whoever you want for you president, vote, no yeah. matter who exactly. you're registered. As. Exactly. But this uh, local artist who's a political activist in Denver, Lori Links Murphy, she's pretty extraordinary in a lot of ways, but she's a, a Bernie bro. Uh, she's or whatever you call it for the Bernie girls. Bernie babe. I guess she would hate that. Um, Too bad. And. She she just drives me crazy, and she's all about. I don't want to have to register as a Democrat to partake in the democratic process of, and it's like no, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. You still get to vote for president if you want to decide who my private club elects for our our party. My party gets to decide who we put up. People who are involved in our party go. If you don't want to be a Democrat, fine. Then go get an independent person to put on the ballot. Well, that's the dichotomy of Bernie and the Bernie people, right? Is that they keep pissing and moaning about everything with the Democratic Party, but they want to take it over? But they refuse to engage with the Democratic Party. And then they just shit all over it. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? Get involved and make some changes within the party, which I think there's a lot of changes that could be made. Or shut the fuck up. Or it's start, not your party. Start a third start party. Start your own party. Go Bernie do party. something else. But shut the fuck up. If you're not going to engage with the party, then don't. You have no room. You have You have no voice. You're choosing to have no voice. And we're still having this fight a year later. Still having this fight a year later. Yeah. It's so mad. It's maddening. It yeah. makes me crazy. <laughs> it makes me crazy. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, but he's running. He's, I'm sure he is. I can't stand it. I, and, and yeah, like we want all these old getchkeys. We, I, mean, <clears throat> I like Biden fine. If he's the nominee, great. I'll vote for him and I'll probably win. But like, really? Biden? I, no, no, no. Not Biden, not Kerry, not Sanders. Enough. Yeah, not Hillary. Enough. Not Hillary. She could get a wild hair up her ass in the next few months she would and never. say, I don't think so, but no. who knows? And then, you know what? Let's dig up the the corpse of Hubert Humphrey and right? the, the ghost of RFK. I mean, like, I mean, I'm enough. done. Stop. Enough. Enough. No more. No. New, fresh no. blood. You are leaders in your party, and what you should do with that leadership is raise a shitload of money for some of these up-and-coming Democrats who have a chance of really igniting the base and igniting young people. And you should be raising money and and campaigning for these people instead of trying to steal the limelight for yourself again. It's it's maddeningly And no, Michelle Obama's not running either. No, for God's sake, she would never. She (laughs) in a million years. No. I wish that she would. So so it is going to be a clown car (coughs) on our side. I think so, yeah. Which either will be a blessing or a curse. Um, it's never good uh, because then you get... Uh, inter yeah. squabbles, personal one-on-one squabbles. And it's not good for the party. It's just not. 
Um, Probably not. But but well, you know what? We we had the clear two horse two horse race last time around, and that didn't help. No. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I and I don't think the messages and platforms, even if we have 22 candidates, are going to be all that divergent. In reality, as much as the Bernie people and the Hillary people butt heads, the platform wasn't all that different. It was the message style that was different. Yes. So, you know. Yeah. I in ter- know. I mean, Hillary and, had much more concrete plans and she's just better. She and, and just it, was better than right. he was. But that's fine. And then when you go back to 08, like Obama and Hillary were like identical. Identical platforms. platforms and yes. it, it was just like quibbly stuff. Like you said something about a Xerox and you said this and it was just yeah. ridiculous. Yes. And then, but that ironically, and she had some kind of gross stuff coming out of her oh, campaign. They all, yeah, yeah so did he, but she was a little below the belt a couple. No, times. no, she yeah. did. But the point was, it's like that dumb, piddly, semantic stuff, like created more animosity than having totally divergent platforms. Yes. Interestingly, yes. Okay, I guess that's how we operate. Yeah, politically. But yeah. anyway, so enough about that. We, <laughs> well, it's not that long, right? So it's 2018 now. So about this time next year is yep. when people start announcing. Yep. Or January-ish usually. Yeah. That's when yeah. they start. Yep. God. I know. It's the only recovery. <laughs> I know. I know. And the thing is, people don't understand. Like, when we talk about the president's first year, it's critical that things get done because two things. One, the following year is a midterm. Mm-hmm. And two, you really only get a year and a half. You get about 18 months to govern before you have to start campaigning again. Yep. So really, the presidency is 18 months of governing. Yeah, well, the Trump re-election thing is who knows with that for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. But they got the only thing they got done was the tax thing. He's got a chance to do an immigration thing. Yep. I don't know how the hell that's going to turn out. I, I am guessing nothing, and everybody's going to be super pissed off. And so what we just were looking at was he unveiled his immigration plan, right? Oh, so I guess we'll just jump into that. Yeah. Yeah. And he wants he's open to giving uh, the dreamers a path to citizenship, uh, but he wants twenty five billion dollars for the wall. Twenty five billion. Where's that coming from? Right. Well, here's what Democrats are gambling on. And I think it's a, a potentially smart gamble. Yeah, sign off on whatever crap you want, making it retroactive to the funds start being dispersed in 2019, because then we'll yeah. we'll, we'll take back Congress and just rip that shit up. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe. But what there? But it's gonna hurt us in the midterms if we give him money for that fucking wall. Uh, yeah. Well, he's he's proposing a lot of crap. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in there. It's basically written by Stephen Miller, and and. Yep. The ba- Republican base is just pissed off because they, they don't want DACA at all. Right. They want everybody deported. Right. Everybody right. who speaks Spanish or looks Spanish right. <laughs> deported. Is it brown at all? Yeah. Just deport yeah, them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're pissed off about that, even though it's got all these Stephen Miller things to curb legal immigration yes. and do all this other awful, horrible stuff. Yes. They're basically non-starters with most Democrats in Congress. So if they hold the line on that and they don't negotiate, we, we're either going to have another shutdown or the Democrats are going to cave and say, well, OK, we can use the DACA thing in 2018. And I think that's a big mistake. I do, too. I don't. I mean, it, it then you because a couple weeks ago when they signed the CR, it kind of looked like a cave. But they're saying, no, no, no. Now we have the upper hand. And if they shut down the government, it's because they're trying to screw the dreamers. Yeah. But then if we really do cave, it's like, oh, God, I yeah. mean, we're really going to depress the base going into 2018. We're really going to yeah, do that. I know. And the, but again, 
We, we are at this horrible disadvantage with Republicans is that we actually care if the government gets shut down. We care about the dreamers. We care about the people yes. who and Republicans don't care about it. And any the thing of is, like, we have to keep reminding ourselves and everyone else. It's not that the Democrats can't get stuff passed. We don't have any control in government. We have right. zero control in government right now. None. Mm-hmm. We do not hold any of the branches of government. So it's not that the Democrats are unable to get a bill passed because the Democrats are not in charge of Congress. Right. The Republicans refuse to get a bill passed. They will not do it. Right. We and don't have any power. We cannot make them do this. And then during the shutdown, the, the the both sides media was like, oh, but you need 60 in the Senate. I'm like, OK, well, four Republicans said no. So why why is it fall on Democrats? Right. Because it does, because we need the both sides headlines. It's so maddening. But just remember that when you hear this this bullshit, it's not that we are failing to govern. It's we have no fucking power. Right. The only power we have is stuff like shutdowns. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did to us when we had power. Um, but yeah, so it's not we're, we're not having a failure of governance on the behalf of Democrats. It's not it's not the situation. Yeah. It's Republicans don't know how to govern at all and they don't want to do this. And they they have all the power. So what's the date for the next potential shutdown? It's January, February 4th. It was three weeks from last week. So it's coming up a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where we are. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how you. <laughs> three weeks to pass comprehensive immigration reform when we've been trying at it for 30 years. Yeah, it's nuts. It's. Crazy. Well, McConnell's plan is this. Agree to another CR. And then we'll take it up the day after, is what he said, I believe. So, okay, uh, but we haven't had any assurances from Ryan. They're going to take it up. No, exactly. No matter what it is. Right. So So the Senate says, yeah, yeah, sure. And then Paul Ryan's like, I'm not even letting that on the floor. So if you're confused out there, us who pay really close attention are also really confused. And I don't know that anybody's got a plan. And because of the chaos from the White House, I, I just, I don't, I think everybody's just running in this blind and bluffing and hope hoping it turns out their way yeah I, I don't really see a path forward i think smart people like chuck schumer probably have ideas but he doesn't he doesn't he can't control what right. ryan and his caucus are going to do and he certainly can't control what trump's going to do no no if he gets alone in a room with trump i think he knows how to sweet talk him a little bit mm-hmm. but there's nothing to when sh- the second schumer walks out of the room there's nothing to stop kelly and stephen miller running in and turning him you know, turning his chair around the other way. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Which is what's been happening, I think. Yeah. He has no opinion about anything. No, right? he, he doesn't he, give he doesn't a really shit care. about anything. He just cares about how it makes him look. And how it makes him feel in the moment. Yeah. You know, he doesn't like disappointing people. That's why he doesn't fire anybody himself. He makes other people do yeah. it because he doesn't like to disappoint people. No. Um, he wants everyone to love him and adore him. Mm-hmm. So he'll say whatever he has to say in the room to make him, especially if you flatter him. Oh, yeah. If you flatter him, he'll do literally whatever you say. And, and, and I think Schumer and Pelosi have figured that out. Yes. I think they, they get in the room, they kiss his ass. Yep. And they say, this is a chance for you to be a real leader. Yeah. And he eats People it up. People will love you. He eats it up. Mm-hmm. People and, will love you. And that's Can why. Can you imagine I, if you did the thing Obama couldn't do? Yeah. And then he's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's yeah. fucking do it. And then. And then Miller. Racist and thing one and racist thing two come back in the room and they're like, no, it's fu- your base will fucking hate you. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't have that. They you, love me. You you want them to love you in Alabama, don't you? Oh, yeah. They're great in Alabama. Well, mm-hmm. You can't sign this. Then. You can't sign this. You can't do this. You can't work with Chuck and Nancy to help brown kids. What the fuck is your base going to think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. It, and it is a good point. It is. It's an excellent point. <laughs> if you care point. about what your base thinks, even though it's only 30% of the country, that's exactly right. That's true. 
So it's me doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do, but that doesn't matter anymore at all. No. So it's fine. Uh, can I can I pick up on that for a minute? Yeah. There was just an article that was published in the Washington Post that that said like all this talk about the dreamers and immigration, but it it really is up to the House Republicans and their constituents. Why? And well, the argument was because of the political realities and how much power the Freedom Caucus holds, and then they have Ryan's leash. And I'm like, yes, but fucking why? Right. Why? And why? Right. And why does the media treat these particular constituents like they're the most important people on earth? Well, that's what I was. Yeah, that's why. I mean, why? Why? I, it's like it's like there's this thing with the Beltway media that there's been this narrative that you guys have just spent decades and decades talking about the plight of the urban and you've forgotten all about the suburban and rural white people and they're hurting too. And now it's like, now they're the only people that matter. They're the only people that are hurting. They're the only people. Well, they're the only people that matter. Yeah. It's not like we're pretending, okay, yeah, urban people are still poor and blah, blah. But you know, we have, we have just forgotten about the poor, you know, and it's like, Yes, but when you get the core of their grievances, they think it's because the brown people get all the benefits and you don't report on that and you don't like to talk about it, but that's the case. And how many more of these pieces do we need? Yeah, we get it. That's why they all voted for Trump. Yeah, I get it. We understand. Because racism. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this in my life, but I'll say it over and over again. I am not going to capitulate to these people. I'm not going to bring them into the fold or the tent. I'm not going to change the progressive nature of the Democratic Party because there's some white people that are racist that don't like brown people and they vote. I'm not doing it. No. I'm not doing it. And Philip Philip Bump did something slyly funny the other day that I don't think a lot of people got because there's been every day, especially in the New York Times, Trump voters in Trump country still love Trump. Trump people still love Trump. Philip Bump went to uh, Clinton voters in like Brooklyn and Seattle or whatever. And he's like, yeah, they all still support Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like on the surface, it was like just the counter narrative, like, Oh, here's some of the other side. But like his, his bigger point was this isn't fucking news. Right. Stop. Right. Stop. and, And I don't think people read between the lines quite enough. And that's why it was really smart. Yes. To do that. Yes. Which I appreciate it. Yes. But it's nobody's talking about it. But the other thing I want to say is it's the double standard uh, that has happened around these these white voters. Right. Is that they're victims. Uh They're victims of circumstance because they're in coal country or their manufacturing jobs went away and there are these victims of circumstance. and And a lot of that's true. Sure. But the way we talk about these white people versus the way we talk about black people who are in poverty is real fucking different. Or Hispanic people. Real fucking different. Oh, yeah. It's because they're lazy. It's because they're welfare queens. Mm -hmm. It's because they're drug doers. It's because poor families. Poor families. They don't, they, you know, they don't have fathers that not because we've locked all of them up for minor drug crimes. None of that. No, it's all their fault. Right. And then these white voters are somehow entitled to their good paying yes. jobs and, and their, their drug problems is it's a crisis of public health it's not that they're you know morally corrupt individuals no. it's a crisis of public health and we have to do something to help these poor white people yes not lock them up not lock up one in three poor white men who do opiates yeah no no that's what we did to black people though 
Right. We locked them all up. That was the crack epidemic. Yes. Oh, how many can we warehouse in the jails? Exactly. We didn't say, oh, these poor black people, this is a public health crisis, which it fucking was. Some people said that, but not the country generally as a whole. Not the country as a whole, not the narrative of the country, and certainly not the laws that were passed. No, no, because the Say No to Drugs movement was about, oh God, the horror if suburban white kids get, get a hold of this stuff. And... The crack sentencing laws. Crack and cocaine are the same thing. The difference is black people were primarily users of crack and white people were primarily users of cocaine. Because crack is cheaper. And so they made crack, the sentencing guidelines for the same amount of the drug, um, like seven times higher. Yeah. Which is why an entire generation of black men is in jail. I'm really glad you brought up the opiate crisis and you're absolutely right about that. The way we treat that and talk about that. Of course, the sick irony of that is... For all the talk about it, Trump and the Republicans don't actually care. They literally appointed a 24-year-old failed legal secretary. legal secretary who got fired for not showing up. Yes. And then he didn't even show up for this job? Or, I don't know what happened. Well, he but, just resigned. But just, yeah, over the, the controversy. 24 years old, deputy chief are. of staff for the drugs are. <laughs> no, literally no experience except working on the Trump campaign and working in a law firm for eight months, and he got fired for absenteeism. So yeah, you folks in Appalachia struggling with the with the opiate uh, crisis, Trump really cares and wants to help you, right? Right. I mean, it's it's crazy, and I, the thing that I'm not I'm not saying that these white people are morally corrupt, and it's not a public health crisis. Right. It We're absolutely about the is way, the way we frame it. But so was the crack epidemic. Yeah. It was also a public health crisis, and we should have treated it as such, and not uh, and not been so punitive and locked up an entire generation of black men. Yeah. And we do not hold these people accountable in the same way that we hold black folks accountable for getting a different job or re-education or nope. finishing your degree nope. or finishing your high school diploma. It's just oh, these poor people. We've well, we, taken away their shitty jobs. We don't invest in them either, though. No, we don't. To be fair. We don't. But the narrative is a, is we a just blame, shocking blame double standard. Yeah, say they're getting all the benefits you right. should have. Right. Yeah. These poor white folks are also on welfare. They also, uh, they're, they're similar in many ways. But the way we talk about yeah, poor, poor black poor. people and the way we talk about poor white people is very different. Mm-hmm. And that is frustrating. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. That's frustrating to us as white people. Imagine yeah. being a person of color I can't and seeing imagine. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, sort of that aside, um, I want to sort of save the second half for all the latest uh, Trump Russia stuff. Yeah. But uh, Steve Wynn, is that his name? Steve? The casino mogul guy who's a oh. gross rapist? Oh, yeah. I think so. Steve? Anyway, yeah. he is the he's the chairman of the our, our financial arm of the RNC. Yeah, when you were telling me about this yesterday, I didn't know you meant Win. Yes, I had no idea. No. He owns like he's the big casino mogul. He's, everything he's, he's like in Las Vegas. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like Adelson's peer, and him and Adelson hate each other, and him and Trump supposedly hate each other. But in any event, he is the RNC chair, and it came out. I forget who broke the story exactly, but it came out that this guy's a gross rapist. He's been raping housekeepers and manicurists who work at his hotels and spas. Yeah, and it's been covered up and everything else yeah and um, he has more money than god he has more money than god mm-hmm. and and this drives me crazy too they've been saying well now republicans after all they're bellowing about harvey weinstein now what are they going to say about when and i'm like oh my god you just produced another false equivalency right 
Harvey <laughs> Weinstein donated roughly $50,000 a year to the DNC. He was not a chairperson. He was not involved in the inner workings right. of the no. DNC. No. He did not affect any policy. No. He, he was a rich Hollywood guy who donated money to the DNC, which is every rich Hollywood guy. When donated literally 10 times that much every year. Yes. Five hundred, half a million. And he is the chair of the financial, um, of the finances, basically, of the RNC. Of the actual Republican National Committee. Yes. He is a party operative yes. in the party, in charge of things in the party. I would also like to point out that Democrats roundly rejected Harvey Weinstein after these revelations. And sent his goddamn money and back. And sent his goddamn money back. So that's what, that okay, that guy was a garbage person and he donated to some of our candidates mm-hmm. and maybe he was a big liberal guy. Great. He's a fucking garbage person and we completely have admo- abolished him from anything. Yeah, so we don't want nothing to do with him, him ever again. Awful, awful, awful. Okay. So now you have the head of the finance committee of the RNC is a rapist also. What are you going to do? Now granted, it hasn't even been 24 hours since this broke. I'll, I'll give them a day or two. But I guarantee, I almost guarantee you on Monday, we'll have not heard very much. Yeah. And it'll take a long time to twist them into giving the money back. Or maybe they just won't. Maybe they just won't. Maybe they just won't. Because the rules are different for the Republican yep. Party, as we know. Yep. That's why uh, Ferentolt is still in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pennsylvania guy did finally resign. Yeah, he did. I saw that. Yeah. The, yep. <laughs> his first God. line of defense was, no, 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 no. You see... I, it wasn't harassment because she's my soulmate. Right. And she's like, oh, Jesus. Why would you say that? I mean, did it, this is, this is well, this is, the, when I read that, my first reaction was, and it didn't matter to you in the slightest that she did not feel the same way. No. It doesn't matter no. to him that she doesn't think of it that way because he decides who his soulmate is. Well, I think he really is nuts because how could you think to say that being that it's a defense? Because it's romantic. It's not just sex gross stuff. Well, he, I love but, her. But he's not. And it's like, no, that's even worse. That's so awful. And this is a conservative <laughs> Republican guy who's married, married with kids. Yes. And his defense is, no, 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 you don't understand. She was my soulmate. But that is that is such creepy. That is almost creepier to me. No, I, I agree. Than like, kiss me on the forehead and tap my ass or whatever. Right. That's creepy to a degree that's like... You're deciding you're in love with me now and you have the expectation that saying we're soulmates <laughs> means that I I have to be your soulmate now. I don't want I'm not your that's not mutual at all. But you oh, don't care about that. And that's deeply, deeply, deeply of creepy. Of course not, which is why she reported him <coughs> for being creepy and gross and get terrified away from me. It's terrible. would be terrified. So he's a lunatic. Yes. And he's out. I'm um, thank God. So poor thing. So that's another uh, competitive seat, which is good. Uh, for us, it's not yes. good for her whose life got ruined by this gross garbage person. Yes. Well, hopefully her life isn't ruined, but, no. uh, there was that. And then I was, <laughs> it's, I was gonna say, it's like Trent Franks with the, like, you you can be my broodmare. Right. What's wrong with that? What? What's that? What's weird about that? <laughs> I just want you to bear children for me. Why, why is that weird? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Cause I'm a human fucking being. We're not quite yet in the handmaid's tale. So no, no. These fucking men, I swear to God, I don't. <laughs> it just never ends. Mm-mm. And there was more that happened this week that I don't think we even we even got to. Yeah. Uh, 
We've got about five minutes for the break. Did we want to start on the Michigan State catastrophe? Well, I want to talk about Nasser Nasser first. Well, that's all related. Yeah. yeah. So um, USA Gymnastics. Mm -hmm. I am a avid fan of women's gymnastics. I love women's gymnastics. I've been following it for years. And news broke a couple months ago that the... um, uh, doctor, the team doctor. the team doctor, but he wasn't just the team doctor. He was also the chair of the U.S. Uh, USA gymnastics or USA Olympics um, health yeah, team. He was way up. He was had, way he way had access up there. to all the athletes basically. And he has been um, sexually assaulting these mm-hmm. young women uh, for decades. Yep. Um, they started to come forward and he went on trial and the judge is amazing. Uh, she's a lady and she decided to do something. I'm telling you right now, if this judge had been a man, this would have gone very differently. Oh, yeah. She said, look, I think actually he pled guilty and this the whole thing was just sentencing. Right. And she said, in order before I sentence you, I'm going to allow any of your accusers to come speak publicly for as long as they want in my courtroom, an unlimited number of them for an unlimited number of time, amount of time. And he said, no, that's going to cause me undue. Well, first, hold on. He, so after the first day, Uh there were like 30 or 40 people that came and spoke. Um, all in all, I think 175 women spoke at his sentencing. Wow. Yeah. After the first day, he wrote the judge a letter. And he said, this is um, very bad for my emotional health. I don't think I can listen to it for one more day. Um, I'm going to have a mental breakdown if you make me sit here and listen to these women say these, tell me their stories and tell me how I affected their life. And the judge literally like laughed in his face and said, I don't give a shit. Imagine the damage that you've done to their emotional health with your actions. You're going to sit here and you're going to listen to any and all of them that want to come forward and talk to you, period. So they did. Um, and their family and friends did, and um, it was heartbreaking and also so inspiring. Um, some of the members of the, uh, what did they call them? The gold-winning um, team from the last Olympics, mm-hmm. last Summer Olympics, Allie Raceman, Gabby Douglas, um, came forward, Simone, Bi- Simone Biles also, um, and Allie Raisman's testimony, I've watched it like three times. It is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, she, At one point she said something like, uh, I just want you to know like we're all here, all of these women that you've hurt, um, we're still here and we're still strong and you're nothing. Um, and she, yeah, she, go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. It's it's extraordinary. She's amazing. Um, and then the judge, uh, once it was all over, sentenced him and was pretty delighted uh, by it. She said, I'm signing your death warrant and you will never have the opportunity to hurt these women again. And she went on this long thing. She tore up his letter mm-hmm. that he wrote uh, because he apparently she read parts of it in court and then she wouldn't read other parts of it because she didn't want the girls to be re-victimized by sure. his excusing his behavior. And still claiming that that what he did was medical treatments. That's what he called it. But he pleaded guilty. That's the part I don't. 
Yeah. I don't really. But he with. he's a sexual predator. Right. And a pedophile. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really understand that what he did was wrong. That's the thing about pedophiles. They you can tell them and they like know it's socially really? unacceptable. I, I thought yeah. most pedophiles, they know damn well what they're doing is wrong. They, they don't really see it. it that way. Or they know it's illegal. They know it's illegal and they know it's socially unacceptable. But when you really dig down and talk to them, they're like, no, I love these kids. Uh, well, some and of I'm, them, you I, know, I, I'm sure not all of them see it. No, that way. no, I'm sure certainly. plenty of them are like, I'm sick and I'm fucked up, but I have to do this. Well, and then there's gold star pedophiles, which what, are what pedophiles who uh, know that they're pedophiles and take extraordinary medical measures to never assault children. Sure. So they do sure. chemical castration. Yeah, they yeah. do therapy. There's yeah. a lot. That's a, that's a thing that too, exists. Too few of them, I would imagine. I would imagine so too. Yeah. But for those of them that do that, um, I think it's heroic and I'm very proud of them because I can't imagine how tough that must be. Yep. Um, and I'm going to get a lot of shit for saying that, but I don't care. <laughs> well, it, it's it, a, it's it, a, you if know. you have a, a aberrant compulsion and you address it without without harming, harming anyone people, then what what's the and it's a there? very difficult thing to overcome if you've talked to i've heard interviews and read interviews with these what they call gold star pedophiles that have never hurt anyone yeah. and they it they struggle and they know and it's uh, every single day is hard every yeah. single day is difficult in any event it's that's not natural. not no <laughs> he's one of those that's like but i didn't really do anything wrong like he just doesn't uh, get that it's the damage at all. He's well, like, well, it's, it's really mostly medical. Well, that's fitting because that's like, basically <sighs> the attitude of Michigan State, which we'll get right. into a little bit after the break. Yes. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to delve into more of the fallout of the Nasser thing and USA Gymnastics, who's cleaning house, thankfully now, yes. in Michigan State, and, and how a little bit these things get covered up and passed yeah. through and yeah. how we're still protecting the victimizers and not so much the victims still today. Yep. And I'm, sh- and uh, then we're gonna get into the latest Trump Russia stuff, and there's a whole bunch to talk about there. Yes. So don't go anywhere. Where we will be. Hello and welcome back to Reverend Testimony. It's time for another edition of Shit Rachel Red on Break that pissed her off. <laughs> and uh, now we have to talk about it. It is unrelated to anything we've been talking about, but okay. I I don't even know. I this is horrifying. Have you ever heard of the husband stitch? It's some knitting term? No. It is a term used for when a woman has vaginal birth 
and uh, oh, the episiotomy yeah, to, to tear. Oh, yeah, more less loose or something they, gross like that. that. Some medical professionals give, when sewing a woman yeah. back up, yeah. do an additional stitch or two called the husband stitch or the daddy yeah. stitch to make her vagina tighter so that it enhances her male partner's sexual pleasure. Yeah, Eve, Eve Ensler, I think, talked about that once. It's long been like a, oh, that can't be a real thing, or it's just a myth or whatever. And, and without their consent. Without their consent right. and without, it's not like the husband's asking for this either. It's just no. doctors being fucking assholes. Um, <clears throat> this is a story of this woman. Angela Sanford, a 36-year-old mom from Fort Mill, South Carolina, received a husband stitch when she gave birth to her first child in 2008. Jesus. 2008. She didn't find out until five years later after years of excruciating pain during sex. Yeah. At an appointment for a pap smear with a nurse midwife she'd never seen before, Sanford asked, said the first question the midwife asked her during her exam was, who stitched you up after your first birth? I explained and she said, this is not right. I just started crying saying, can you tell me what's wrong? Because I know something isn't right. And that's the first time I ever heard the term husband stitch. Sanford's midwife felt that she had been stitched too tight by the hospitalist who'd managed her first delivery, an unmedicated birth with two hours of doctor coaching, pushing a fourth degree tear. He gave you what some people called a husband stitch. Sanford recalled her midwife telling her, quote, I couldn't in my mind connect why it would be called that. My midwife said they think that some men find it more pleasurable, she recalled. My husband has been worried about me and fearful of hurting me. He would never have asked for this. Of course not. Most most hopefully would not. No, no. Um, so that's a thing that exists. Oh my God. And the, the woman, she, this one woman said, please tell me that this woman sued the doctor for everything he owns. I don't know. But, uh, one woman said in 2005, right after she had just given birth, um, she overheard the doctor saying to her husband, we'll just stick an extra stitch in there for you. And she said, I was so out of it and so much pain because she didn't get an epidural in time. And she said, I was just laying there like a lump, but he didn't even say it to me. He said it to my husband. <sighs> like she's not even a human. Right. It's fucking horrifying. Yeah. The things we do to women. Wow. Well, that's so, gross. Yeah. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Anyway. Speaking of gross, uh, just getting back to the Nassar thing for a minute. Yes. Talk about Michigan State. Well, God, the president stepped down and they're sort of trying to clean house now. And ESPN did an outside the lines thing, which is sort of their investigative sports journalism mm-hmm. thing, which revealed... It's no surprise that they've been covering up all manner of horrible sexual assault and rape and harassment for years and years and years. And that doesn't make Michigan State special, because if you did one of these investigations, probably on most major universities that have major athletic departments that bring in a lot of revenue, you're going to find the same thing. Yes. Now, this is unique in in the Nasser case, obviously. I, I would expect most of them don't have team doctors or physicians who are molesting hundreds and hundreds of Women who are also like the chair of the board of the health. Well, do you want to explain the Michigan State U.S. Olympics connection? Because people are probably a little confused by that. Um, I think that it's he he was was practicing out of Michigan State. Right. And there was also like a a training cabin in the woods thing that was just (laughs) horrifying. Um, But also he would come into their hotel rooms when they were at the Olympics. And I mean, he... He anyway, had so much power that he... U- no U.S. Olympics is affiliated with Michigan State. And the attitude of Michigan State, not only because of this and the other stuff, has just sort of been, well, we did everything right. Don't don't blame right. us. Don't talk to us. We, right. We're being uh, castigated. And it's just sick. Um, the president of MSU stepped down but gave a very tone-deaf sort of goodbye letter. Yeah. 
and uh, they've cleaned house at U.S. Olympics, at yeah. U.S. Gymnastics, yeah, which they, they were threatened to do <laughs> by the U.S. Olympic Committee. Um, and so there has is, there is some atonement happening, right? Which is good. I'm looking up the name of the woman. I can't remember her name at the moment. Um, Mara something. Uh, anyway, she's like. Um, She's like the savant of the USA Gymnastics program. She decides who goes to the Olympics. She's very famous right. and <clears throat> very uh, well-respected. And I have a, a really hard time believing uh, that she, she knew nothing. didn't know, yeah. that she had no idea and that she wasn't in well, every time, some way Well, every time somebody complicit. associated with U.S. Gymnastics or Michigan State says that, it very quickly turns out that they're full of shit. Marta Caroli is her name. Yeah. 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 So... Um, it is. I mean, if I, she's so ingrained in the program that I have a really hard time believing she didn't know anything. And that's really upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. But this is one of those things where when you have an organization, any organization with a lot of power and a lot of money and there are young women involved or young men um, that are vulnerable, this is the thing that happens. It's it's sort of similar to me to the Catholic uh, abuse scandal because mm-hmm. You know, especially in Boston, um, but really everywhere that there's large populations of Catholics, um, the church, the church wields, so much, wields so much power and so much community respect, and the the they have so much trust in these people, and it's very similar in um, Olympic level gymnastics. I'm sure Olympic level sports of all kinds, but um, when you get to that level, oftentimes if you look at Gabby Douglas, for example, um, where she lived and the resources that her parents had were not enough to catapult her to the Olympics. So right. she went and lived in another family's home in Iowa. And they had a robust training program there. And she lived with them for years and years and years. Um, it, I mean, it really upends these people's lives. And the parents and the families put a lot of trust into these coaches and into the organization to take care of their kids and to make sure that they're safe. And and they do trust them. And for this trust to be so badly... Um, abused mm-hmm. is really upsetting. Yeah. But it's that same thing. Like these are, these are Olympic coaches. These are Olympic doctors. Like yeah. they're not, you know, you, they have a lot of authority and, and they're trusted Yeah, and it's really sick. And the other thing was a couple of the girls reported that they had reported the assaults, um, at MSU and that they were told that they didn't understand the difference between assault and medical treatments. Oh, and that is so fucking patronizing and insulting and horrifying. Especially when you read the details of what mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. to these young ladies. And I don't know if we want to repeat it. It's really graphic and it's really disgusting. Yeah. And I encourage you to just look it up if you want to know. Yeah. But no, it's very obvious that this was not standard medical treatment. No. No. It, it, it's not even worth discussing. It's not. It's not, but that's what these women were told. And some of them, you know, started getting molested like at six years old and then for for 10 years, you know, just over and over and over again. And, and then when they were like, this just doesn't seem right. You know, there's all that victim blaming that goes on with themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe something I'm doing or maybe it it is right. right, Or or maybe I'm, maybe I'm just crazy, crazy. Yeah. 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 It's extremely emotionally damaging, but yeah. So, um, that's the other thing Allie Raisman called for is she didn't just rip him apart. She really talked about the committee and the USA gymnastics program mm-hmm. and how um, 
something more needs to be done yeah. because it's it's pervasive. Yeah, and you know, I guess U.S. gymnastics was kind of reluctant to do this because they have to clean house, and they have to start over, and yeah, it might be a few Olympic cycles where maybe USA gymnastics, women's gymnastics, is not as uh, competitive, and maybe mm-hmm. we win fewer medals. Yep. So fucking what? Yeah. Or maybe we win more. Who knows? Because these young women are not traumatized day in and day out. When they were at the last Olympics, several of the girls reported that, you know, they were in a foreign country by themselves without their parents. And he would come to their hotel room and rape them, essentially. Yeah. The day before they're going to go, you know, do their floor routine or whatever. I mean, I can't imagine. It's, It's awful. And I can't imagine that. They wouldn't do better if they didn't have that trauma. Well, that reminds me. I just read the other day, and I don't know if I remember to share this with you or not. A a kung fu instructor guy or a taekwondo or something, and it reminded me of a story you told me once. Ah. Uh, just got arrested. He's way older, though, for having sex with a bunch of his um, yeah. students or yeah. people he coached. I mean, I wasn't heavily involved in athletics growing up. Um, I Like, I didn't play sports for school or anything but uh, my dad wanted us to go to do martial arts Mm -hmm. and he knew this guy um, from our town because when my dad took martial arts when he was a kid they had the same instructor and so when he opened up his own studio we went there and you know even in this kind of small town in Colorado um, my parents had a great deal of respect for the instructors same kind of deal right trust Mm-hmm. And there were some gross things that happened. Um, we went to a retreat one time uh, up at YMCA. And uh, it was me and three of my female friends. We were 14. Mm-hmm. And there was this kid who was an instructor and he was 19. And he had asked out three of the four of us already, which was, in retrospect, deeply creepy. Mm-hmm. Um and we had all rebuffed him and the instructors decided that he should be in charge of our room, meaning that he was our camp counselor. What four girls, four 14 year old girls and one 19 year old guy who'd already expressed romantic or sexual interest in three of us. That's responsible. Yeah. Had a key to our room, could come and go whenever oh, he pleased. God. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fortunately for us, nothing happened. We were all very protective of one another and we didn't leave each other alone. Smart. Um, which is not a thing 14-year-old girls should have to do. Well, this yeah. This but, guy in Colorado Springs was like 51. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But even that, I mean, you put a bunch of... And it's, it happens all the time with youth pastors and with oh, yeah. anybody that is uh, in charge of taking care of children. You should be careful with your children. And that's unfortunate, right? It is. Because I'm the vast majority of people who work with kids and get into fields with work with kids, whether it's athletic or spiritually or... They they actually just want to mentor and teach kids right. for the Teachers, right reasons. Yeah. Some of them are in there for the wrong. They want access to kids. That's right. And that's gross. That's and right. That's horrifying. And it, parents need to be vigilant um, and not yes. instill, first of all, in their kids a sense that the, this person is bigger and better and therefore infallible. Has, right. Has that authority. Yes. And also... Keep an eye on stuff like that. You know, keep an eye on the people that are in your kids' lives, the adults that are in your kids' lives that are in positions of power and authority and trust. Just keep an eye on it because you just don't know. That reminds me of something that I've been hearing on NPR recently. It's a whole study on how um, uh, mentally challenged or developmentally disabled people, there's an epidemic of them being sexually abused. 
And they keep the, when they interview them, they keep saying the first thing that's like hammered into us is that it, you know, everybody are, are, teachers and our coaches and our therapists like you have to listen to them listen yes. to them they yes. are the authority yes. they are always right don't question them mm-hmm. and then this leads to that too so anyway i mean that's that report out of npr was explosive yes it's like people it's with developmental disabilities are seven times more likely to be sexually assaulted yeah um and of course that makes sense right the most vulnerable population very easy to brush them off. Very mm-hmm. easy to say, oh, they don't understand. They don't know. Right. They're, they, they're, they're confused they're about what it. happened. Yeah. They're imagining something happened. Um, these are incredibly vulnerable populations. And and it's not just sexual abuse, too. It's physical mm-hmm. abuse often. Emotional abuse. Yeah. And emotional abuse often. Um, and that that's something that we really need to reckon with as a society is how we treat the most vulnerable among us yep. and kids and, mm-hmm. emotionally and developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we, we haven't quite wrapped our heads around the fact that there are predators in our midst. And sometimes we go too far with it. Like the, the eighties craze that all the daycare workers were molesting all the kids or they were all satanic yeah, sacrificing yeah. children and that nonsense. Right. We, we don't approach it wisely when we do try to approach it and, or we just really don't want to believe it. Right. No, I can't. That's too much. Yeah. That's too much. I can't, that can't be true because that would be so awful that I couldn't wrap my head around it. Anyway, moving on to lighter topics. Um, <laughs> there have been some revelations in the Trump Russia thing. Yes. Uh, it feels like the walls are closing a little bit, but it always kind of feels like that. And then people forget or we remember that we have a Republican <laughs> Congress who's really not going to probably do much unless we take back one chamber of Congress in yes, 2018. So. Least. It was revealed uh, in the New York, in the failing New York Times, uh, <laughs> broke the story that because um, they're the still they're still the paper of choice mostly for leaks. Yep. Um, that Trump did in fact try try to fire Mueller back in June. Yes. When he was on the warpath and he got rid of Comey. And, yeah. He'd been on the job about a month, mm-hmm. and he went to Don McGahn, his his attorney, and said, "You got to fire Mueller." No. Oh, you mean Mueller had been on the job a month? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And McGann, McGann said, no. He said, Trump, if you make me fire him, I'll quit. I'll quit as. Yeah. yeah. In protest. I'm not doing it. You yeah. cannot do this. It's I'm just, not doing it. Right. No. And, and, he, he was and like, apparently Fine. Trump backed off. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's almost certain that McGahn <laughs> leaked that. And why would he leak it now? Well, that's that's the million dollar question. What is in the works now? I, my guess is Trump is back to the fire Mueller thing. Ah. And, and this is McGahn's way of pushing him back. Yeah, saying no, 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 no. So yeah. he's shown the light on it again yeah. to yeah. try to scare him off of it. Yeah, because um, it really is heating up, and I think it's freaking him the fuck out. Well, sure, and that's why, conversely, on the other side, they're trying to, to get traction with the stupid Nunes memo, mm-hmm. and you know they're trying to the, talking about the text messages between the the one guy <laughs> in the FBI and his and his lover about how they don't like Trump. And the secret society. Oh that my was a god! Joke. Let's talk oh about my god. that. Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson <sighs> from Wisconsin, one of only uh, you know one hundred U.S. senators that represent. We picked this guy somehow. Might be the dumbest person on earth. He he actually got on Fox News and started bellowing about a, quote, secret society. A cabal. A cabal among the intelligence community to try to bring down the government and Trump. Right. And this was because in some of these text messages between this guy and his girlfriend or whatever, um, 
you know how like you get flirty and snarky and funny and sarcastic. Well, the conversation was something like, hey, should we meet and do this thing? Like, and she was like, LOL, maybe at our secret society meeting. Yeah. LOL, kissy face, whatever. Right. And that's literally and, what happened. And literally, Ron Johnson didn't even read that directly. Somebody just whispered it to him or he read it on a blog or something. And went back and said, oh, there is a secret society. There's a secret society trying to take down Trump. And even like other Republicans and Fox News had to be like, oh, gee, come on. I mean, it got Stop. a little traction, but then fucking NPR. Right? Oh, God. God, NPR. I've yelled about NPR. <laughs> like NPR doesn't know how to cover this administration. They don't. Because they are very, reality. very, very good journalists. Yeah. And they just don't know what the fuck to do with this man. Yeah, when, when, so <laughs> I actually heard on the afternoon drive to pick up Rachel the other day, I forget who it was. Oh. It was like, so in Washington news, there's been talk of a secret society. How? What are the facts here? She was Is asking her guests. Is there a secret guest. society? Yeah, and I'm just like, no. oh my god, NPR. And this was after it was revealed yeah. that that was a flirty text, right? And the the source was like, you know, they're very serious over yeah. there. He's like, well. <laughs> According to sources I've spoken to who have read the entire text <laughs> conversations, it appears to be that if read in context, the secret society comment was meant as a joke. And you're like, are you fucking Stop. kidding me right now? I Stop I it. I can't with you guys. Oh, my God. No, just. Oh, but, but my that, God. But that's how. That's a serious story. Yeah. But that but that's that's another example of in this bizarro universe we're in that good, reputable, so-called liberal news sources like NPR are feeding this monster. Yes. By by treating yeah. it with with undue legitimacy. Yes. When when a crazy person because he's a US senator, he needs to be taken seriously, says something that's not serious and not to be taken seriously, NPR doesn't know what to do but to take it seriously. Well, and, yeah, and, like and they're like, "Well, do we have to cover this? Like we have to say something that there isn't one, right?" Yeah, and, and you're like, "No." You right. No. So when Trump gets on Twitter and yells about, you know, Martians fluoridating the water, you know, NPR is like, are Martians fluoridating the water? I mean, like the president said it. The so. president said it. We better make sure that's not happening and inform our viewer or listeners that no, in we, fact. we just we need to present it as though it's completely legitimate. I think yeah. a normal president would say. Right. Exactly. And, and they, they just can't stop because they don't they don't know how to cover it. Neither does anybody. else. Right. They don't want to. They can't. They feel like they can't come out and say. This fucking this idiot senator this is obviously ridiculous and probably cover for <laughs> things that are going on that are more serious that nobody wants to talk about. They have to say, is there a secret? Let's let's find an expert to see about. Yeah. The Come on. Stop. I know. Stop. And it's, it's maddening. It is. So Ron Johnson is the dumbest human being on earth. He sort of walked it back, but then didn't totally walk it back and started yelling about Hillary. So. Ron Johnson is hopelessly dumb, and I don't understand why in Wisconsin you elect these people. I really don't. I don't either. What is going on in Wisconsin? You guys have got to have somebody better than this fucking fool. You, there's got to be. Yes. You would think, but... <clears throat> anyway, it, also in Wisconsin, the guy that's challenging Paul Ryan for his seat is a... just He's just dropped all the veneer, and he's just a flat-out Nazi. Oh, okay, great. So, Paul... He'll fit right in. Uh, Viren, I forget what his name is. Okay, but I don't know. Yeah, he's just like the Jews own everything, and the Jews are terrible. And Jew, 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 okay. Jew, Jew, Jew. It's all about the Jews. Okay. So even Steve Bannon had to be like, "Whoa, dude, you're you're all too Nazi for me." Jesus Christ. 
the Jews. I just even Breitbart had to be like, eh, okay, yeah. It's, we 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 try to keep the Nazi stuff on the DL a little bit, like a little. Hey, come on, you can say that about black people, but yeah, the Jew yeah, thing yeah. gets a little, you know, Nazi. Mm, like, they still people get like a little our donors, crazy. you know. <laughs> still need Adelson money. Come on, dude. <laughs> anyway. God. So there's that. Wisconsin has turned into an awful, bizarre garbage place. Yep. As far as politics goes. Yeah, it has which, been for a couple, like, well, about a decade now. Yeah, which is With too the bad. rolling back of, there was that whole union fight mm-hmm. back in the day. And the then, recall. What, 2008? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's really gone downhill. But anyway, back to Trump, Russia. Uh, Kushner is getting in deep. Um, it, there's talk now that Gates is cooperating. Remember, Gates was one of the ones that was indicted. Connected to the Trump campaign, Gates and Manafort. Okay. So there's they're now saying that Gates looks like he's cooperating. Uh, it looks like um, Ty Cobb is trying to negotiate. He's probably actually just trying to stall Mueller because Mueller wants to directly question Trump. Yes. And Trump, Trump, <laughs> I don't know why the media <laughs> did this. Trump in, I guess he's in Davos, Switzerland, talking to other rich assholes uh, this week to you know how to enslave the world and divide up the profits yeah um got up and said or maybe it was before he left he was like oh yeah i'm happy to talk to the special counsel under oath yeah i'm looking forward to it and everybody ran with that and said <clears throat> trump says he's willing to do the thing under oath uh, first of all when you're being interviewed by the fbi it literally makes zero difference whether you're quote under oath or not Right, you can't lie to the FBI. You can't lie to the FBI. Right. Trump actually literally probably doesn't know that. Right. But I, but what I think what a lot of the reporting is that he's willing to speak to him because there was some talk for a while that he was going to fill out a questionnaire. Literally do like written responses to the and, FBI. And, and identify a rhinoceros. <laughs> no, and like he, then he would not have written them. His lawyers would just have written them and then it's fucking useless. Right, and Mueller knows that. He so. needs to get him in a fucking room. No, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I want to do. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've been reading a lot and hearing a lot. Trump is awful being deposed. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. Yeah. His lawyers hate him. Yes, he doesn't I can't know imagine. when to shut up. He doesn't know yeah. how to answer questions. Braggadocio, yeah, implicating all kinds of things. And when he is trying to lie, it's like so obvious and bad. Yeah, and he's just the worst. And he doesn't really understand what he can and can't do. Right. So he doesn't know when to not say certain things. No, because he's he really doesn't believe that anything he could ever do could be wrong or illegal because he's God to himself. <laughs> I mean, he's that much sure. of a narcissist. That well, yeah, but he's also like, when it comes know. to these things, an idiot. Right, he is. But he's also gotten away with it for so many years that he's been deposed a number of times. And he's really never had any consequences from it. This is different because he's never been criminally deposed before. And this this is way civil civil stuff. stuff. People suing him and shit, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he just, you know, stall and not pay and whatever. But this is very different. Or lose some money, but then get more back from the Russian mob. So whatever. Yeah. But in this this case, this is way different. Way different. And Ty Cobb understands that. So it was funny because within minutes, within minutes of Trump saying, I'm happy to to talk to special counsel on your own. Looking forward to it. Ty Cobb said, oh, he was in a rush. He didn't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) He literally said that. He's like, no, we're not doing that. that Yeah, that was when he was on his way Mm -hmm. to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think he's going to sit. No way are his lawyers letting him do that. Fuck no. So then, so then he'll be subpoenaed. I don't know. I I don't know how, I don't know how special investigations work in that fashion. I don't know. I don't know if they have the power to compel him to testify. Um, I guess he could just plead the fifth, but he won't. And they know he won't. So that's why they don't Mm, want him in the room. His lawyers might just do it for him. Plead the fifth. 
But here's the thing. And this is why when people say, well, Trump's really smart. He's playing 10 dimensional chess. I say, no, he doesn't. Because analyze this. Why in the world would you say, unless you had a plan and you had hashed it out with your lawyers and you really were ready to testify and you thought you had a plan to to testify correctly and not get yourself in trouble, why would you say that? Because he wants to look good. For a minute. For a minute. Yes, that is more important to him than anything. Than any strategy. Yeah, it's not a strategy. It's just, I want people to think I'm innocent. And so fuck it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a tough guy. I'm looking forward to seeing Mueller and blah, showdown. Blah. It's just bullshit. Yeah. Just machismo bullshit. So, but it's legally dangerous. I mean, he's fucking idiot. Well, I don't know if it's legally dangerous if you just say that you're going to testify and then you don't. I mean, what what does that matter? It, it matters in the public veneer of now you look like a like a jackass and a liar mm-hmm. and an idiot. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing that for months. Nobody and nothing cares. matters. Nobody so cares. Whatever. No. no. Yeah. Who cares, cares that he said he would and then he turns around and he doesn't? No. Nobody whatever. cares. He'll be like, my lawyers won't let me, but I would. I would, but my lawyer said no. Yeah, he might say that. Or yeah. he might fire Ty Cobb. I, who knows? Who knows? He's from Denver. Yeah, I know. Home. I know. I know. So is Gorsuch. Yeah. So. Gross. There's that. Um, yeah. So I have no idea what happens next, but it's heating up. And there is some speculation that, oh, this was all going to be wrapped up by Christmas, by the way. <laughs> but there's you people some- have to be patient. There is some speculation that Mueller is sort of starting to close in on the obstruction part. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to move on to like the actual crimes. Right. And the financial stuff. Right. Well, he's already been doing that. And we he's know been that he's been that. that. I mean, it's just only in the past couple months <laughs> that he's brought on like the white collar crime experts. That's right. So that, that's, that's, that's only started. Yes. That's how you know. When you want to look at what, where the direction is going from Mueller, you look at which lawyers is he hiring. And what is their specialty? Right. And I think when that stuff heats up, when it's becoming very, very clear that they are really digging into Trump's finances, which they may already be doing and Trump just doesn't know it. Yeah. But when like that becomes clear to Trump, that that's when things I think really start to spiral. I agree because he knows he's dirty on the financial stuff. Oh, yeah. He knows that he doesn't know. He doesn't understand the limits of his own. Well, authority you know his, in his, terms of the presidency, his, but he yeah. knows he's committed financial crimes. Well, sure. He's, he's aware. Of and that. his lawyers are probably right to say, you know, it's going to be really, really hard to prove any of this collusion with Russia stuff. Yeah. But the financial stuff, which, which is and again, once you dollars uh, and records and math and right. And, and, and here, documents. And here, let me yeah. remind people, once you appoint a special counsel to look, they look at everything. Yeah. Even if it's not related to why you brought them in. Look at Ken Starr and Bill Clinton. Yeah. Ken Starr came on because they were still trying to hammer at him for Whitewater. Yep. And when they couldn't find anything on Whitewater, they found a jizz stained <laughs> dress. Yes. That he lied about. Yes. And that's how they got him. Yes. The, and yeah, the investigation had nothing to do with Monica Lewinsky nope. at the beginning at nope. all. That was, it was that Whitewater. Was Linda Tripp. It was a real estate deal. Yeah. And they got him on lying and there was already an investigation of Whitewater that didn't have anything. So they brought in another special counsel yep. to, no, 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 really find something on Whitewater. And Ken yeah. Starr couldn't, but then Linda Tripp called him and the rest is history. Yep. I have this dress you might want to look at. Uh-huh. And, I have this recording. I have this recording that was related to Paula Jones. Mm-hmm. And then uh-huh. there was rumors about an intern and they asked him and he denied it because of course he denied it. Because it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> it's none of your business is what he should have said. In retrospect, he should have been like, yeah, I diddled the intern and then dealt with that but he didn't know 
It's oh my god, it makes me crazy. But anyway, the point is, yes. when the special counsel gets his hands on all your shit, yeah. he will look for. And it's not like with Clinton where they they needed a secret phone call and he was diddling an intern and they 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 happened to have right. this grand jury testimony from the sexual harassment suit that was unrelated. It's like with Trump, it's so glaring. Yeah, it's just neon lights yes, flashing. flashing. Like, there was Here. actually a really brilliant SNL sketch. Where Kate McKinnon played Robert Mueller. Yes, I love it. And she's just it. like, oh my God, man, this is so easy. I can't even, I, yeah. I want to tell you, but oh, I got to uh, wait. But we're, I just want you to know, like, we're, we're good. We're, we're fine. And it was like, yeah. 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 I mean, like, this, yeah. this, it's, some of it is so transparent. And I think, and I don't know, this could be tomorrow, this could be in a month, this could be in six months. Um, when when things start to really heat up and and Trump's and his circle start getting word like dude they are digging right. into all of our financial shit right that's when things spiral or he goes and gets a warrant and busts into Trump Tower and takes financial documents oh, or man, subpoenas documents nice. from Deutsche Bank or subpoenas well, documents I think from I mean there's a lot of things that once they do it it's not under the shroud of the investigation because it's a legal document right, right? it's a warrant yeah. or it's a Whatever. And, and, um, and you have some Republicans on the Hill saying, oh, the financial stuff is out of the purview of why the special counsel there is like, nah, dude. That's not how, that's it, not works, how it works. That's not how it works. Remember, we remember Clinton. Yep. Don't, yeah. And you can say that all you want, but that doesn't make a doesn't difference. Doesn't make a difference. It's not going to stop Mueller. No. So. And we don't know that um, his financials don't go to collusion. If we, right. we can very, very easily connect make that his argument, financial. Yeah dealings with the Russian mafia and Russian collusion. I mean, it's like a very, very simple dotted line. Right. Very unlike Monica Lewinsky's blowjob in Whitewater. But he doesn't, but he doesn't have to is my point. No. He can, but he doesn't have to. Right. And he just might to, to, but you know, this is my prediction. Okay. I I hate making predictions on this thing because it's so hard to tell, (laughs) but, but I think when it starts to become obvious Mm-hmm. When when Kushner and his people mm-hmm. start huddling and say they're really digging into the financials, we got a problem. He really is just going to do a Saturday Night Massacre yep. and try to fire everybody. I agree. And just hope Congress backs him up, which they might, or he just fucking quits. Yeah. And runs to runs to Switzerland or Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, it's getting yeah. serious. Now. I mean, he could do like serious prison time for some of the money laundering that we know he has done. Well, I, I think that. Mueller is going to tap the people close to him first. I Me think too. I think Kushner could be indicted. I think Don Jr. could be indicted. Yep. I think some other people related to the campaign could be indicted. Um, yeah, agreed. So, agreed. Now I mean, they know people that already have been indicted. Look, Manafort yeah. and Gates and Papadopoulos. Like people say, well, this investigation hasn't yielded anything. It's like we have three arrests. Yeah. from people who worked on the campaign. Yes. And and what they were originally going to be charged with, and what they have actually been charged with, is pretty funny. So that means not only are they charged, but they are also flipped. Period. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that a lot of the reporters forget about. Like. They have more than that on him. (laughs) If he didn't flip, they would have thrown the fucking book at him. We all know that. Yeah. So they didn't throw the book at him means he's cooperating. And well, they're trying to. Manafort's trying to squirm out of it. He's, He's trying to fight, which of course you should. But. You know, I think they've oh, they've really got the goods on Manafort. We knew how yeah. dirty he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Papadopoulos and Gates. <laughs> I don't know. 
Flynn, God only knows. Oh my he's a God. lunatic. Yes, and he's so fucking dirty. Oh so, I mean, there's there's Turkish money, there's Russian money, yeah. there's Israeli money. Flynn is a nightmare. Yes. And his son. Yes. Um, so, God only knows what they got on Flynn, and now it looks like Flynn may be cooperating more than they thought. And it was also revealed that when Flynn first met with the FBI, he didn't tell anybody in the White House. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's so dirty and so corrupt. Um, it, first of all, surprises me that he took the position because of the scrutiny that's applied to people who work in the White House. Well, he thinks he's untouchable. But he's also, he knows. He's so dirty and he fucking knows it. Mm-hmm. He knows. and Well, that's why Obama ran him out. Yeah. Obama was like, we cannot have this no, guy working get him in the intelligence. fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's a decorated war hero. I don't, you know, let's not make it as too dramatic let him go to the private sector and make dirty money but i do not want him anywhere, anywhere near, near my intelligence community yeah. yes or military Which or any right to do and him and his people even tried to warm trump like listen dude you don't want this guy don't Which, oh, f- i'll show He's you general is right and yeah. ivanka likes him mm-hmm. so uh you want to talk about the toilet <laughs> <laughs> makes me so happy <laughs> So Trump and his infinite wisdom, and I think, I think this is related to Stormy Daniels. We're speculating, yeah. I, I, I don't this know is, this, yeah. But in recent weeks or days, Donald Trump uh, apparently called the Guggenheim or had one of his uh-huh. people call, and said, "Can you lend me a Van Gogh? Yeah, I want to put it in Melania's private residence. Yeah. Now, why all of a sudden would he make a very an offering like that to Melania. Yes. Who, by the way, did not accompany him to Davos. No. She's very angry about the Stormy Daniels thing. I would hope so. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So he asked the Guggenheim, I would like to just point out, this is not unusual. It's not unheard of. Presidents uh, decorate the White House with famous paintings throughout history. Yeah. Dogs res- playing poker, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. LBJ probably would have done that. Um, the response of the Guggenheim is, uh, well, it's the greatest thing on the internet this week. Um, and that's the sort of shocking part. They came back and said, um, no, thank you. You may not have our Van Gogh, uh, but I would like to offer you a separate piece of art. It is an interactive art installation, uh, titled America, and it is a fully functioning 18 karat gold toilet. Mm -hmm. You can have that. Which is hilarious because the, according to the artist, it's a, um, uh, a what do you want to call it? Not satire. A, yeah, a yeah. Satire. Piece on the American greed. Yeah. Um, the funny part is he has a gold toilet. Yeah, he has gold toilet. He has toilets. a gold toilet. So he's probably like, I don't need one of those. I already I got have one of those. <laughs> I don't need that. I wanted that painting. He for probably didn't, didn't get the insult. No, no. no. <laughs> I think it's also like. <laughs> I didn't take it as America's greed. I took it as like, under your presidency, America is a literal thing people shit in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gilded shitter. Yes, a gilded shitter, exactly. Um, So that was really funny. And the lady, the the curator um, of the Guggenheim, Kathy something, she'll probably get fired, but um, she's an American hero. She won't get fired. I love it. I love it. Boris Epstein is <laughs> like, I can't believe the Guggenheim's do this. I'm boycotting the Guggenheim. Okay. And me and Kegel were like, oh no, Boris Great. Epstein 
well, I'll always remember the day where I was when Boris Epstein said he's gonna he's gonna we caught the Guggenheim. <laughs> Great. How will what, what do they do? What they'll sure, sure you miss you. They'll be so sad that, that <laughs> Boris isn't around anymore. It's very sad for them that S- Kathy will cry tonight because he's not coming to her museum. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a couple minutes left. Um, there's so much more, obviously, that we didn't get to. Uh, I can't imagine, I, you know, just in a week, what the fuck can happen. So who knows where we'll be yeah. a week from now. The world will be upside down in some other way we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, I think. Always. <laughs> was it was it last week already, just one week ago, that or two weeks ago, that while we were podcasting, it broke on the air that Hawaii thought they were getting nuked because somebody was two pressed the ago. wrong button? Yeah, that was two weeks ago. That was two ago. weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. We did cover that, but I think. Yeah. And then so much happened, nobody followed up on that in the press, so we don't know. Did they fix that? Did we? <laughs> what, I, uh. There was a big earthquake in Alaska, and they thought they were going to get a tsunami the other day. Luckily, they didn't. Yep. So there's that. Uh, snow fell in Saudi Arabia, because LOL, there's no climate change. <laughs> Thanks for the hoax, China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's different. That's, that is different. Yep. It's not that they never get snow. It's just really rare. Yeah. So they got snow. And we have almost gotten, like, almost none. Oh, well, we had a good amount of snow a few days ago. It's the end of January. Yeah. How many snows have we gotten this winter? Two. Two? How many do we usually have by now? Like, 20? Yeah, I think yeah. that means it's going to snow all of March and April. Yeah. We get these big, heavy, wet winters, uh, storms that shut the whole city down for days at a time. Mm-hmm. Break trees and roofs and yeah. So there's that. Or we'll just be in a drought and the skiers are uh, going to hate it. Well, that's what's happening now. The yeah. winter sports people, there's not enough snowpack for them to do anything. And, it's, and that's actually going to hurt the economy. It a lot does the hurt the economy tremendously yeah. in those ski towns. They count on this time of year for their entire economic base for yeah. the year. And it's garbage right now because there's just no fucking snow. Yeah. And they can put the fake shit up there, but it's not no, the same. No, it's not the same. Yeah. So they'll they'll pick it back up and probably have very busy uh, early springs, which is also ski season. Yeah. They can extend the season for yeah. sure. So. Yeah. There's that. Uh, there was something else locally in Colorado you wanted to talk about. I thought a couple things. Well. That were going on. Um, I mean, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. We'll wait. Yeah. Wait for those things to germinate? Yes. Because I want to do a whole piece about um, redistricting. Yes. And we're... Well, there, there's, there's some minor news in that, right? Or maybe some major news. Uh, a court threw out Pennsylvania's awful gerrymandering, yes. but the yes. Republicans are trying to fight that. And it might go to the Supreme Court, yeah. which if it does, we're screwed because right. of Gorsuch. So yes. keep your eye on that. Yes. Could be a big, big advantage for us in, in the fall, but that has not been fully determined yet. And keep your eye on the Missouri Supreme Court right now. That's the last thing I wanted to talk about was mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the Satanic Temple, which we have covered on this podcast and on Hopping Mad, made it all the way to the Missouri Supreme Court to um, challenge the uh, horrible abortion regulations that they have there, which require a woman to wait three days, have an ultrasound and listen to the fetal heartbeat Mm -hmm. as well as um, they have to take literature with them for their three day waiting period that I, that notifies them that life begins at conception. The satanic temple um, is challenging that on the basis of religious freedom Mm -hmm. because that is not a scientific or medical fact. An ultrasound is not necessary for this medical procedure um, medically and uh, that's a religious fact and not a science fact and a medical fact. And 
making her read that and making her undergo that procedure um, are religiously based and it violates her religious freedom because she has a sincerely held religious belief in bodily autonomy. One of the uh, tenants at the Satanic Temple. <laughs> and they're probably going to win. They're probably going to win. Yep. They usually do. They, that's gonna go that's to the because Court. they're fucking right. Every time. So, yeah, keep your, so eye keep on your that. eyes on that. And that's about going to gonna do it for us this time around. I apologize. I don't think we ever posted last week's podcast. Oh, okay. Do that today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my bad on that. We'll get this one up ASAP. Yeah. Stay active. Stay tuned. Stay involved. At Irreverent Duo on Twitter. Twitter. Irreverent Testimony at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.